This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with a brilliant leader. We're talking today with Rick Sinclair. Rick's the Chief Commercial Officer at Waystar. We're going to talk today about sort of automation in healthcare, revenue cycle, economic challenges, and, and a lot more. Rick, before we get started, can I ask you to take a moment to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little about your Waystar? Yeah, and first, thank you for having me uh, on today, Scott, truly. And as far as my background, I was fortunate enough to be a member of the leadership team that helped form a business called Waystar in the fall of 2017. And at Waystar, we're a purpose-built cloud-based software company that is fanatically focused on simplifying healthcare payments. And we're now doing this at a scale for over half a million healthcare providers across the country. And you know, we want to pursue this mission so healthcare providers can spend more time focusing on the things they want to, such as delivering great care and investing in their teams and communities. And I'm just thrilled to be joining you today. Well, thank you so much. And when you look over the sort of current economic environment, lots of challenges, rising costs, labor challenges, shifts in consumer expectations and financial responsibilities, how are some of these things, these challenges in the economy in general, impacting the healthcare delivery system and the healthcare industry? Rick, what do you see out there? Yeah, Scott, I, I appreciate this question so much, and I'd like to unpack it, if okay, from just a couple different angles. And let's think about the economic impacts from the healthcare provider's angle, a little separate from the patients for just a moment, and then perhaps we can combine the two. And you know, from a healthcare provider's perspective, the economic landscape you described forces a fact into being. They're asked to do more with less. In fact, they must. Hospital margins are compressed and expenses are rising on par with and in some cases outpacing inflation. The sector's median operating margins are down roughly 30% year over year. And for many outpatient or ambulatory care providers as well, the challenges are just as real. About three out of every four practice leaders recently ranked staffing shortages as today's biggest challenge to successfully running their operations. And just like any business, hiring, onboarding, training, retaining team members is critical to success. And you can't have team members truly understand your purpose, mission, values, and serve your patients well if they don't stay with you. And, and if we separate these business facts for a moment from many patients' point of view, we, I, I see things a little different. We don't have to guess at sentiment here as there are multiple wide-scale studies to draw insights from. We know over 40% of patients have skipped or plan to skip necessary medical care due to cost. We know over half of patients in the United States today are more stressed about the billing process than clinical quality. And I'd like to pause on that and, and be clear that if, if nothing else in this conversation and time with you comes through, I hope this does, that fact's not acceptable. And it's become a personal mission of mine and many team members I work with to change that statistic kind of period, full stop on that. How can we accept a system where we know our friends, family, loved ones, individuals we know and admire, single moms, dads, spend more time worrying about how they will pay their medical bill, why it costs what it does, and what happens after they or a loved one receives care than they do about the actual care itself. Blending these things together, 
patients don't want to simply be treated like consumers. Consuming something oftentimes feels good. It is what you want to do. Uh, but being a patient or being the financial guarantor for a patient implies by its very definition that treatment is needed and something is wrong. And as a patient, I believe you want to be treated and cared for clinically and financially more so than ever. And you likely want empathy now more than ever in the face of these really uncertain economic conditions. And we know without question that providers want to meet those patients where they are and take care of them clinically without having to spend so much time focusing on the administrative aspects of healthcare. And so what's either worked in the last decades to some extent or been attempted will no longer be the formula for success in the next one to come. And I remain very optimistic that these issues will be tackled head on. And the more conversations I have with healthcare leaders across the country, the more people and great leaders I discover that feel the same way. But these challenges you mentioned need to be addressed. But your, your point is so well taken. You've mentioned from the patient perspective, the provider perspective, for, from a patient perspective, there's tremendous financial stress over getting health care, and that becomes a bigger stress than actually the health care itself, which is incredible. And then also the, the spot of the healthcare provider who is so short-staffed in so many financial challenges and, and thus is short in trying to take care of the patient, how they want to take care of the patient. So you really have a combination of, of situations at the patient side and the provider side that are really challenging. Rick, take a second on, from a revenue cycle perspective, what can revenue cycle leaders do to help address some of these challenges of just, you know, patients being very worried about finances, health is very worried about finances. How can revenue cycle leaders help to address this? I regularly speak with thought leaders in healthcare across the country, and many of them top revenue cycle leaders. After years of doing so, I now consider many of them friends. And I try to be a lifelong learner to really pick up something in each interaction I have with these brilliant people. And what I've picked up from the leaders having the most success right now, leading through staffing shortages, as you mentioned, Scott, rising costs, margin compression, and is they have a simple strategy. Not easy, but simple. <laughs> I stress that because I believe these are two of the most misconstrued and illogically combined words business leaders often use. Simple, easy. You know, how do you get in shape and feel healthy? Well, it's one of the simplest things to explain. Sleep well, eat well, exercise, on and on, and all of your listeners could name their list, and it would all be directionally correct. But is that list easy? No. It takes discipline, commitment, and a buy-in to a greater, oftentimes, long-term goal and purpose. And I think that's what the best leaders in healthcare, the best leaders, particularly in revenue cycle, understand. For instance, raising our expectations of technology is a must. Simple. But this also has to be linked to a greater why. Raise your expectations of technology and revenue cycle so that you can focus more time on investing in your team members so they can invest in the things you want them to be doing in quality patient interactions. Something like turning the vendors that you work with, be they service or technology, into true partners and having mutually shared goals, objectives, and expectations from each other. Simple but not easy. And I've seen the best do this exceptionally well. Statements like, this is what I expect from you, and this is what you can expect from me in return, vendor, partner, client, simple. And so 
Scott, as you know very well as an expert in this space, compressed margins, staffing shortages, and the rise in patient financial responsibility are likely not going away, and new challenges will continue to surface. But I think if you keep things simple, you'll go a long way. You know, connecting disparate processes and insights across the complete revenue cycle, particularly prioritizing high-value initiatives and eliminating manual tasks that can be automated, I can't stress enough, and, and truly being rigorous automating each and every one of them. And, you know, we see when healthcare payments are simplified and there's a focus on automation, that providers can yield powerful results. I've seen places like Atrium Health decrease 80% of accounts that they once needed manual intervention on by automating the revenue cycle processes. I've seen Cincinnati Children's effectively redeploy 50% of the financial spend they had recently in the revenue cycle processes to higher value initiatives that impact patients. Place like Lucille Packard Children's Hospital comes to mind. Uh, they're a great healthcare provider. They've reduced over 70% of their back office paper processes that most of us as patients wouldn't see so they can spend more time where it matters. And you know, look at Piedmont, a fantastic healthcare organization, end-to-end, -end, recently increased their patient collections at point of service over 30% while having increased patient satisfaction. And so these are just a few examples that come to mind of hundreds of organizations that are stepping up their focus to execute these simple strategies that drive really meaningful results. Well, and, and they're so important today in a world of very, having a very hard time staffing and having very, very expensive, and really wanting to focus more energy and resources, the patients themselves. Plus, if you're talking about processes, to, to spend time where humans really need to spend time versus every place else. And I'd love, Rick, your concept of simple, not easy, but the whole game of businesses, how do we make this simple so that people can thrive, we can thrive, and then doesn't mean it's easy, but it, at least we've got clarity of what we're trying to do. And here it's automation and, and making things easier for the patient, the provider, everybody else. Talk about automation for a second. Are there different types of automation? How do you think about automation? Yes, there certainly are different types. And I, I believe oftentimes different types of automation are too simply <laughs> bucketized as good or bad. But to me, this is a flawed view of how to think about it. Context matters. Purpose-built automation matters. And with nearly half of the health systems in this country right now currently evaluating what process automation looks like for them to address some of the challenges we spoke about earlier, I think it's critical providers understand the nuances out there. And I recognize I have, I have limited time today, and so I'll just give a short and simple example of the stark differences between something like purpose-built automation and general automation. So purpose-built means it works for your organization specifically by not just performing the task, but by automating dynamic data-centric workflows while providing actionable insight and intelligence to drive better outcomes and decisions. So contrast that with general automation that may be very effective at repeating a task, something very tangible like requesting data from an insurance company's web portal, but it lacks the intelligence and room for variation, which then often requires manual effort to yield results. Or 
quite frankly, when poorly applied, you'll end up automating a bunch of tasks that should never have occurred in the first place. Yet here they are out of sight, out of mind with resources, time, energy, and attention being automated. So you could take something well-known to leaders in healthcare revenue cycle, something like the task of following up on claims submitted to insurance companies that have yet to be paid, or something like getting paid correctly when a claim is denied. And you know we see stats like on average, checking the status of a claim can take over 20 minutes. And most claims require multiple status checks. And so you can use purpose-built automation to drive tens of millions of dollars of a return on investment and of ultimate financial goodness that can then be redeployed at a time when healthcare providers are looking to be paid more, be paid faster, and very directly be paid more effectively and at a lower cost so they can spend those savings where they need to spend them caring for their team members and caring for their patients. And so at Waystar, our teams have built predictive models that monitor billions and billions of healthcare payment transactions to forecast those insights and do things like try and predict a denial or predict an error before it's going to occur, thus allowing revenue cycle team members to really focus on the tasks that need to be done, not concerning themselves with the tasks that aren't ready to be done. And that allows organizations to outsmart the challenge of staffing shortages and ultimately the complexities of getting paid. And the point I think is so well taken on just not automating everything because, it, but, the, but the beauty of moving towards automation is really being able to think again about is every process needed and then really focusing towards purpose-built automation. So it almost gives you that opportunity to really think about what you're doing. And then if you build purpose-built automation, you're really automating the things that are most beneficial to be automated and taking the most load off the human factor wherever possible. So again, simple but not easy. And and I love the concept, and I love the concept of purpose-built automation. Rick, we've had a chance to talk a lot about automation, a lot about what you're seeing in revenue cycle, a lot about the financial challenges uh, and some things that that need to be done to to make changes. And I guess I ask you, as we talk about some of these things, why is it that some of these changes haven't already occurred in healthcare? What are some of your thoughts along those lines? I've always believed that ideas are easy, but execution is really hard. And it is hard because that's where value is ultimately created. And I truly believe we've reached the tipping point in this country where the ideas and aspirations as they relate to healthcare and healthcare payments of many brilliant minds have now converged with the true abilities of technology at places like Waystar. And it will be a very exciting time in healthcare to see how the payments landscape improves And I'm really humbled to be playing a small part in this with my awesome teammates here at Waystar. And so I thank you and your great team at Beckers that's also in this really good fight with us and with the entire industry for spending some time with me today. And I look forward uh, just to seeing you soon, hopefully in person. Rick, no, I appreciate it. Let me just add one thing to what you just said. I thought it was so telling. It's what you also have now is the coming together of both a lot of talent, but also necessity being the mother of invention. So you're suddenly at a spot where health systems, because of staffing challenges, staffing costs, 
delivery challenges, delivery costs, no choice but to move toward the automation, both at a time where there's so much momentum towards it that I think systems very much feel this pull that they better do it or they'll be left behind on it as well. So there's both the necessity, no choice but to do it, plus the belief that the technology and the resources and the teams like Waystar are there to help make this happen. So I think you are really coming to at a time where there will be serious change. There's, there's no choice, and there's the talent the technology now to do it. I want to thank you so much. You know, Rick Sinclair, Chief Commercial Officer at Waystar, just brilliant. A pleasure to visit with you today. Thank you, Rick, for taking the time with us. Thank you very much. Thank you.